0: Hi, I'm Amanda.
1: I'm Tina. And it is what it is.
0: Welcome to It Is What It Is,
1: a podcast where two sisters show up as authentically as possible in an effort to empower themselves and others to heal, learn, grow, and live a life that is better than you ever dreamed. Go ahead. Welcome to episode. you interrupted me. This is my episode. <laughs> anyway, welcome to episode three. Wow, that was really aggressive. All right, one more time. Hey guys, welcome to episode three. I'm going to show you the inner workings of my brain so you can understand why I act the way I act. And if you couldn't tell already, this is Tina. <laughs> oh, that's good. But anyway, much like episode two where Amanda shared her great story, I'm gonna share mine um, and talk about my journey with mental health. and talk about my coming out of the woo closet and all those things. Oh, and Paul was really mad at me that we didn't talk about him in the first episode. And he's like, <laughs> what? Am I chopped liver? I was no. like, no, you weren't, like, you weren't in it. So Shout um, out to I'm Paul. Also, I'm also going to talk about my husband just so he can have his moment too.
0: Shout out well, to pal- Paul. Yeah. Best brother-in-law.
1: Shout out to PZP.
0: <laughs> all right. So before my episode, Tina pulled um from her warrior goddess wisdom book i also have a warrior goddess wisdom book so i'm gonna pull for her let's see (laughs) what does that even mean why are you laughing are you ready for this no you look
1: like a smug asshole right now what is this what's up no it's good okay
0: it's relevant don't you dare For one second, surround yourself with people who are not aware of the greatness that you are.
1: I'm sorry for my aggressiveness. That was really good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, your face really worried me. And the
0: mantra that goes with it, I am aware of the greatness that I am. Oh, oh, I am going to
1: just say that. I am aware of the greatness that I am. Also, side note, Paul and I love watching uh, Mama June's Road to Redemption. It's like our guilty pleasure. And so... I don't know if anybody else watches, but Mama June is married to Gino and they have, you know, they're on the road to redemption. But Gino always speaks in sentences and ends it with dude. So could you say that affirmation again? And then I'm going to end it with dude.
0: I am aware of the greatness that I am.
1: (laughs) I'm aware of the greatness that I am, dude.
0: Great. (laughs) On the other side, a crown, if it hurts us, is not worth wearing. Mm. Are you maintaining in your life at the insistence of others rather than your own true desires it might be a relationship a professional pursuit or some possession that serves as a status symbol noticing what no longer serves your current heart's desires is the first step in letting go wow
1: don't even give me that look but thank you all right let's do your episode because mine is so <laughs> okay fun. this is really great energy let's just go for it <laughs> All right. Well, we go through my whole story. This is going to be like a two-part Twilight saga. So I'm going to start at the beginning of 2020. uh, And then from here on out, I'll sprinkle little anecdotes like the gem I am. And that's just how it is. Okay. So let's just start with laying the groundwork that I'm a very pent-up individual at times. I don't know if you can tell by the tones and the frequencies of my voice, but generally... A lot of the times I get wadded up about things that don't necessarily need wadding up for. Um, so last January, I kind of wanted to work on that. I was six months into my brand new baby marriage. Love you, Paul. You're a great husband. And four months into my first year of my career. Um, and basically, like, the, the just the core feeling that I had was like, ugh. Like a feeling, like, just ugh. Like, not like, ugh, I didn't want to be married to Paul, but just, like, I did not know how to manage myself. Um I had I had become, like, really comfortable with running the roads to avoid. At that point, I did not know that that's why I was doing that. I would just, like, write it off to, like, whatever reason I could make up and be like, yeah, no, you're crazy, not me. <laughs> um but I would work really hard during the week into the late hours of the night. And then like every single weekend I was booked with some sort of travel. And really before last year too, like in grad school, uh, my roommates didn't really understand that about me. So one night they sat me down and were like, yo, why do you have Outer Banks, Chesapeake, Winchester, Paul, Outer Banks, Chesapeake, Winchester, Paul. And like in that order, like you don't have to run away from us. I was like, basically gave him a big song and dance about, like, if I don't do this, I won't maintain my sanity, which was also kind of true, because, like, that was my coping mechanism. Um, But that kind of, like, uh, lost its shine. So, after the new year, my mind, my body, my spirit, like, it had just had enough. I not only was running the roads to like avoid, but I also was just like eating like crap and not cooking. And I was just like feeling really lost in a new town. And I'm, I'm a super homebody. Like I am a very, very tied to our familial, uh, dynamic and our culture as Italians. And like all of that just like reps me up and being in our new town just really stressed me out. But, uh, Yeah, one day I just woke up and my body was like, nope, not doing this anymore. And I, uh, I don't know, I barely could get out of bed. My barely managed anxiety became very physical. I was really sick to my stomach, super nauseous and running to the bathroom a lot. And I didn't want to eat. I couldn't sleep. And I was just very emotional at times, like just crying and just to put it lightly, like I was a hot mess. And I didn't know what was going on with me. I just thought maybe it was the bug. I I was in the first year of my career. It was flu season, um, right before the pandemic. Like I just thought I had some sort of like gastrointestinal thing, but like one week turned into two, which turned into three. And we were at dinner one night and we were watching the MMA fight at BJ's and I just could not, like I couldn't stomach to even sit there and drink water. So I was like, this is great. Um, So at that point, I was on therapy, I had not established a doctor up here. And like the master deflector that I am, which I really wasn't aware of at the time, I just wrote it off as me being dramatic. Because in this family, I am pegged as being a hypochondriac. I also am dramatic. But mainly being a hypochondriac. So I could be like, Hey, could you look at this pimple on my butt? Like, is this is this cancer? And everybody be like, "No, it's not cancer. You're just crazy." Um that was a bad example. That was a graphic example, but uh
0: can I get can I interject?
1: Are you giving me feedback? No. Just oh, going to okay.
0: share my own experience of you during this time. So, hey, just you
1: don't have to ask me to interject. Don't do that. Just interrupt me. Be wow. me.
0: Okay. Anyway, So during this time, like Tina would just have moments where because she was bottling all this stuff up, she would ultimately just like freak out on everybody. And like, it would feel like it came out of nowhere (laughs) for like everyone else in the situation. Like when we were in Florida, uh, going to deal with all the Fran business, um, Granted, like, I don't know, what was it, 12 hours to get there or something. We had a very long day, a very long drive. We all got there. Everybody got a shower. She was on her computer. And, like, my ex-husband had gone outside to sit on the porch, and I was going to go follow him. And she just, like, she was, like, stop talking about me. Everyone's talking about me, and everyone's mad at me. And I was, like, what are you talking about? Like, And it was moments like that where Tina was stewing inside Tina's brain,
1: Well, what triggered me was that I thought you at like what the triggering moment was like, I was really emotional, but I thought that you and him were boinking in the master bedroom. And then when I saw him leave to go sit on the porch, I was like, oh, and that just like tipped me over the edge. That was the defining moment. I was just not okay at that point.
0: Right. (laughs) None of us were, but really what just what I'm saying is that there, you were in your head and nobody knew it. And then it would be like outbursts of just like, Rah! and everyone was like, what is happening? Everything was fine.
1: <laughs> well, and really that's like my whole life because when I'm normal, <laughs> but like I'm pretty self-expressed and I can, I can fully express my emotions. I am good at my blog posts. Like, and all of that's fine and dandy, but then there's another part of me that just like represses and suppresses. And then I can't, I get to a point where like, it literally feels like I'm choking and I can't, I have to get it out. And I've been like that since I was a kid. So I, I have gotten a bad rap in in our life as being like really dramatic and really extra, but really it's just me. Like I, I'm I, I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah so yeah like for example one time (laughs) poor paul uh last year as i was like managing my anxiety i get all these like crazy bouts of cleaning where like it's just like i can't take that anymore and i just like aggressively angrily clean and he came up and just was like hey what's up and i like i was in one of my spells and i just whipped my head at him and i was like do you like living in filth (laughs) (laughs) and he was like okay i'm gonna back up from this situation but he's so patient with me oh god love him but yeah all of that so like i said it had gotten so bad to the point where like i just couldn't get out of bed one weekend i was sick the whole weekend and So, I did what our mother taught us to do. When in doubt, call the back of your insurance card and find a therapist and find a doctor and find all those things. So, let's see. Um, Yeah, I called I got established with a therapist and I saw her for a few weeks and I was like kind of coasting kind of doing all right talking about those things but again like the sickness the sickness part was just like not doing well and I didn't really ever take off work but I would just be in the middle of my day and like it just was not going away so called for a PCP got that established got an appointment set up I was nervous for a variety of reasons, but mainly scared because I genuinely, like, just didn't understand why I was feeling the way I did. Uh, So, I went to the PCP. I had two appointments. So, one for PCP and the other for um, gyno to get established. Because also at that time, I remember having, like, really horrible breast pain like to even put my bra on hurt and that was like I was like I mean you remember I was calling you I was like do I have breast cancer am I pregnant like what is going on so I get called back and I was really clammy and just unsettled and the doctor came in and he just simply asked like how are you today my friend and that was just that was it I was crying I had just met this guy 30 seconds ago and he's like oh my friend
0: my friend I remember Everything you goes, oh. telling me about this you called you were like yeah so i had a full on meltdown at the doctor's office today yeah
1: and he was so sweet he was just like talking me through it and so he was like i think i know exactly what this is i was <laughs> like what is it he's like do you have a lot going on in your life i was like yeah just like a lot of transition and things like just going on and he's like i think we may have anxiety so you like took me through the markers like that they kind of assess you and i did that day got diagnosed with anxiety disorder which is along with what my therapist was thinking too uh with a little sprinkle of depression so you know kind of an ebb and flow there and so one of the things that we i had talked about with my therapist in the beginning was like she's like would you ever consider going on medication and Basically, I was really against that because of our history with our father and his um, alcoholism and drug addiction. And our, our mom is very against medication. So we all always kind of like not against medication in the sense of like you shouldn't take ibuprofen or take, take some medicine when you need it. But like just because she wanted to save us from ourselves and for us not to end up in a really dark place like our father was. So, you know, I was just freaked out. But I was like, I have got to get some
0: Sorry. I don't know what happened.
1: I have got to get some relief somehow. Um, so we decided to try it. He put me on some, I think it was at least started out with like Lexapro, something to like turn the tabs off in my brain at night and then something to boost me as needed during the day. Um and it did help for a while and I like met with him monthly and it was really great and, and whatever, I'm kind of getting off track there. But then the next appointment was with the dyno and like I had no spirituality in the beginning of my mental health journey. And this, this gynecologist, I thought I had to go for like my yearly uh, pap, but it wasn't time for that. And she was like, you're really overwhelmed and I can feel it. Like I can sense this energy are you religious? And I was like, I don't know if I'm religious or spiritual. I just, I know I believe in something, but I'm not sure what she's like, do you mind if I just like set some intentions over you? And so she like h- held my hand and then had her other hand on my shoulder. And she just like, she just like manifested over me. And it was the sweetest, most angelic, amazing thing that somebody has ever done for me in my whole life. And I literally just met that girl. And like, Um, basically they just equated like that pain from me being just so perpetually stressed and anxious. And she was like, this, you're, you're on your way and it's good that you're like taking, uh, care of these things. And, and, you know, it was just, it was a lot. It was the first moment where I was like, wow, like people care about me and, and, and I'm being like recognized for caring about myself a little bit for the first time. Like I always just put myself on the back burner. Um, so time progressed. I was still doing my weekly therapy, uh, therapy sessions and, uh, still keeping in touch with my doctors and just kind of managing my life now knowing that I had this thing. And actually at first I didn't tell our mom about me taking medicine. I really didn't want to disappoint her. So I told Chris and it's kind of between us for a little bit. And actually it wasn't until like the summer where I told mom and she wasn't mad about it. So I don't know I don't know about that, but yeah, it was just—it was really heavy for me. I felt really ashamed for a while, and then I just came to know that, like, if I didn't address my mental health, it would be twenty twenty Easter Sunday of twenty twenty one, I'd still be feeling the same way. So, little pat on the back for myself for that. Good job, Tina. Thank you. But yeah, so I was doing well. I was getting established in a routine, and then the pandemic came up, and that just like. That threw everybody for a loop. I mean, you guys all know. And kind of the part that I was talking in episode one about how people just didn't know how to be alone and didn't know how to uh, deal with this sudden shift of being like social, connected, huggy people to now social distance and wash your hands and do I wear a mask or do I wear gloves and like all of this. That was like, (laughs) do I have
0: toilet paper?
1: yes oh my gosh I felt so accomplished when I got a 32 pack from Target I sent I sent Grandpa Bob an email picture of that (laughs) he was like you go (laughs) but yeah so you know my life is a little different than what Amanda's was I've just been in like this constant state of transition for as long as I can remember now I mean I can't even put a, a number year on it but um yeah, so things kind of progressed in the pandemic. I stayed with my parents and Paul stayed in Fredericksburg and that was a lot, um, which also like was good and bad and all in between. It was just a kind of a tumultuous time. And then we finally were like at the end Of that little period of time, we thought we were going to have a break for summer and start doing things. And then our grandmother got sick. And so our grandmother chose me to be her healthcare power of attorney and the executor of her estate and will, which uh, I'm only 25. Amanda's pushing 30.
0: Wow. I'm going to be 29 on Saturday. And you were like, Oh, I thought you were already 30. The disrespect.
1: It's fine. They say your thirties are more fun anyway. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So, you know, jump, jumping full force into that role, uh, driving around Panama city in the middle of a a pandemic uh, was interesting because you know, Florida and things, but um yeah, so again, another transition, one that I wasn't really thinking I would have to do until Mom and Chris were old and gray, and or we would have to do until Mom and Chris was old and gray, and so that kind of put mine and Paul's relationship on hold for a little bit, and, um, like, I think, what, we did four 15-hour trips there and back. I think I, like, counted up. It was, like, 70 hours total. I was in the car with Diana all summer. Like, it was, it was a lot. Um, we had a good time, listened to a lot of Eminem rapping that was cathartic (laughs) Uh, but but yeah so dealing with that and then you know just 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 life in general so I still continued my sessions uh, but I kind of got to a point where I was feeling really good mental health wise but I was feeling like I was just really lacking spirituality and like something to believe in and you know we'll get to a point in our life where we talk about or in our podcast I mean this is part of our life now but We'll get to a point where we start to talk about some of our trauma situations from our childhood and our teenagehood and our adulthood and all that and you know when you go through a lot of things it teaches you how to grow up fast and you learn to be like street smart for lack of a better term and how to jump in when uh you know the stove is on fire and and put out the fire but
0: we're very it, good in crisis situations Yeah,
1: like crisis modes. I'm your girl, but uh, I need at least like seven to 10 business days to recover after the fact <laughs> like, just like stare at the ceiling for a little while. Um, but yeah, like you mm-hmm. kind of just lose your faith though. And it, and, it kind of circles back to like the, it is what it is like, Oh, well I just deserve this. And so I needed to like get out of that mindset to be able to, to progress forward in my own mental health. And, um, so November came around and Diana took me to sweet Chelsea for a reading. And where's my phone? I have the, the notes. So I, again, I had no idea what to think about with, um, what to think about with getting a reading. I didn't know if it was going to be like a fortune teller or what, like, I had no idea what to expect or what to think, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it out because why not? Well,
0: and at this point, I had already had my first one, and I was already pretty deep in the woo. Um, and I remember that you were kind of like resistant to it, and you were like, no, like she's gonna I mean, tell not me not gonna bye. lie. you
1: really straight up annoyed me in the beginning before <laughs> I really understood. Well, you get it now, because when you start getting into this, crazy things are happening and I'm deep in the woo and I didn't know what that meant at the time. And I'm like in the woo of what? It it like
0: I didn't have anybody to talk to. I was just like I was excited and no one else was like around me that was into it. So
1: Hey, but I listened and I was enthusiastic. I was just intimidated by your progress, I think. You were triggering me. Okay. You can trigger me too. You were working on yourself and I was like, well crap, I'm stuck. Um but that's not why I went to Chelsea. I just was like, hmm, I want to see what this is about. Okay. I was just jealous, I think, of how much you were, like, pushing yourself to be better. Hmm. Yeah, feel good about that for a second.
0: I don't feel good about that. For me, it was, again, I was just very excited with all of the things that I was experiencing. And I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to. And then so when you finally got on board and you were like, I'm going to buy some cards and stuff. I was like, yes, like I could finally talk to someone who's not going to think I'm fucking crazy. Like, anyway.
1: Okay. All right. So, yeah. So that reading uh, after the fact. So I didn't know what to expect, but a lot of things started to like connect. It just make a lot of sense. And it's not, I can't explain it to you until you like do it yourself. But it's not like Chelsea was sitting there telling me, like, precise things about my life. It was just, like, themes and ideas and just, like, connecting things that I just, she wouldn't have known otherwise. And I had never met her. So after that, mom took me to Avalon Pier, where we very often either have, like, Dairy Queen and, like, watch the waves. But she's like, okay, like, tell me everything and I'm going to take notes and I'm going to text it to you. So one of the first things that came out, she did, like, a four-card spread of, like, uh big idea words but it was like balance forgiveness and transformation forgive something related to childhood trauma and at that time I was like you know we were kind of distancing a little bit but still talking uh and it was like maybe related to Amanda because when we I never told you this so and I don't know why I'm choosing this podcast to tell you now (laughs) but uh when you went when we went to Berkeley Springs and you were like you, you told me the things that you did like about our childhood and and the things that you fell, and I was like, I felt really sad about that, and I felt like I failed you in some way, and I kind of like held on to that.
0: Yeah, I know. If anyone failed anybody, I failed you. I basically pushed you away.
1: No, I love you. (laughs) Oh my god. Can I insert this, uh, this SpongeBob theme where it's like, (laughs) This kitchen's not the same without you. It's just a grill, it's just a greasy snow without you. (laughs)
0: Leave it to Tina to bring in the Spongebob reference.
1: Spongebob is my hero. Anyway. (laughs) So it was like, she, she was challenging me to like change from being self-expressed as a coping mechanism versus like, look how far I've come, which is true. The first time I ever met Paul, and he'll tell you to this day, like, I'm surprised you didn't run, but we went to the little uh, Italian restaurant in our college town, and I told him my whole life story. And yeah, that's a lot when you first meet somebody off of Tinder. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But uh Yeah basically just like a lot of self care and changing from being a victim of circumstances versus valuing like the golden nuggets and like learning. And I need to let go of control and like the need to be prepared and like listen to my gut instead of my heart or wait, listen to my gut and heart instead of my monkey brain, stop living for others, live for myself, soothe my soul, show compassion instead of anger, which if anybody knows me, my go-to emotion is anger at first, and then I, like, come back down to
0: reality. You're like a Sour Patch
1: Kid. I am. Sour, sweet, gone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, our, our great-grandfather was one of my guides, and and he wanted me to channel more feminine and playful energy, which is really difficult for me and, like, more childlike. And I've noticed that, too, like, in my marriage, is that it's really hard for me to, like, let my walls down if not – I have to remind myself like, hello, Tina, like you don't always have to have it together or like think you have it together. Cause clearly I don't. Um, but like, it's a recurring theme, like that reading, what I see in my marriage, what I talk about in therapy is like my doomsday prepping. Like that's my comfort zone. That's like my stormy path where I'm like, yeah, I can prepare for this. And like, this is my comfortability versus like, let's just like let it unravel naturally. Um,
0: can I give you some feedback? Sure. It's more so something that I'm like noticing about you now, not like in this moment, but just like about how you've been in general and something that I think you're working on, but you often like, you kind of like set the stage in situations. You're like, everything's fine. We're just going through this and like, don't mind us. We're like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you kind of try to like brace people for you instead of like just letting them experience you.
1: I mean, when people tell you your whole life that like you're a lot to handle, <laughs> I kind of have to be like, "Hey, I come with a warning label. I swear I'm fun." But well, and I not can't get it
0: not only that, but then you like check in and you're like, "Are you having fun? Is everything okay? Do you need oh, yeah. anything? Can I get it you something?" stresses
1: me out. Like, I love being a host, and I hate it at the same time because I'm like, "What if these people aren't happy?"
0: <laughs> and again, you're you're inside your head, and everyone else is like, "Fine."
1: I know I know I know I know anyway (laughs) but yeah it was basically just like oh and suggested like breathing meditation and uh, reclaim your inner goddess stop explaining yourself to others let go of anxiety and people-pleasing and like if anybody knows me in my job I am a yes man If I see a fire I'm like I have an extinguisher It expired, like, three years ago, but I'm pretty sure if I shake it real hard, it'll work. (laughs) And that's how I, yeah. So anyway, so after that, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then I bought my first deck of tarot cards off Amazon, and then I got them, and I was like, okay, now I'm scared. Not, like, scared of, like, what they do, but just, I don't know what I'm doing. And they sat for, like, three weeks, and then finally I was like, okay, nobody's here, nobody's going to judge me. I got a notebook from Target because they're super cute. And I put on a a YouTube video of like just basic tarot pooling. So I did the three card, like past, present, future. And, and then I was kind of hooked. I was like, wow, this is cool. And I was like really honed in on like literal meetings from the books. And, but then I just kind of got to a point and Amanda, you kind of helped me with this too. You're like, don't look at the book. Like just like feel it. And, and I have had a lot of success. So now I have about like 11 D7 decks. <laughs> I'm just like straight up ignorant about it. It'd be like but that. It's just like the things that have unfolded since connecting my spirituality to my mental health. It's just been, it's been incredible. <laughs> um, and I feel really good about it, but yeah, that's me. I'm still figuring out life. Um, still going through transitions. My husband and I, we bought a house together and uh, made our first two mortgage payments and you know that's like that'll make your butt clench real quick uh but we did it and yeah so I'm just trying to figure out and also like I don't know but I was like really hooked on like this April Paul and I are going to start trying to have a baby and that's the time frame and since being able to like work through my spirituality and or my mental health and connect my spirituality I'm just kind of like it's gonna happen when it happens. I don't have to have a plan for everything. And right now we're just really enjoying like establishing our life. So it's really helped me to just be like, Hey man, I'm cool. Hey man, I'm hip. <laughs> um, I, I still have like bouts of like anxiety but they don't come as frequently, I don't think. And even in, you know, we've had a pretty, uh pretty tumultuous start to 2021. Um, but, I, you know, working through it, I'm trying to handle it, control what I can. And, I mean, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Would you like to have a genuine moment?
1: Yeah. I am proud of you. Is this a kiss me, slap me, kiss me? This is
0: what it feels like. No. That's it. I'm proud oh, wait. of you. Oh,
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. So, like, Amanda and I's relationship is really good. And also, like... I'm just prepared for people to tell me how it is. So it's like everything's great, and here's how you suck. But also, it's great. Like that's also just conditioned with the kiss me, slap me, kiss me. So could you just say that one more time? So it goes <laughs> into my thing?
0: That was literally it. I'm proud of you. I think that like the oh my God. <laughs> as we get closer, like we're just very awkward about vulnerable moments, like. When we hug, it's very weird. (laughs) Literally,
1: we'll take a spatula and rub Amanda's arm and be like, I love you.
0: Especially (laughs) if I initiate the hug. One time I went in for a hug and Tina was like, are you sick? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, but now I'm not going to hug you. Goodbye.
1: That was in Florida. And then Joey came in for the hug and I was just like. And we had a Tina
0: sandwich. Oh. Oh.
1: You guys probably thought I was like a flight risk that weekend. I was just like stressed.
0: It was fine. We were all we were all stressed. Are you ready for cards?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. So that's me. Anytime I talk, uh, Amanda's very organized. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I am not. So Amanda types out her notes, and she's like a really good noodle. And I wrote like two paragraphs, and then I did like four bullet points. I was like, <laughs> all right. And so that's just what you get when you talk to me. But
0: You want to pull for yourself first?
1: Yes. Yes. But, like, are we going to get to a point where we pull for our 19 listeners?
0: Yes. These Probably more at this point. Yeah. These were just about us, but in the future we'll pull, like, collective cards.
1: Well, and also I hope that, like, the message that you all are getting from this is that like we're still a work in progress and we're really proud of our progress and we still have more to go and I think that that's just kind of how it goes like in life like you're never done like change is inevitable
0: well and not only that but like I can only speak for myself but recording and putting out my episode like that's really hard for me like there's nothing like bad in there it's just me But it's just very, like I said, we struggle with vulnerability. So being out there is uh, a little scary.
1: I think what I realized is like, I'm good at being vulnerable because like vulnerable about the things people already know. But like when I'm actually vulnerable about like why I do the things I do, I'm like, "Mm, I don't really want to know about that. Like even Paul, like that's been a big barrier for me to bring down because I want him to think I'm put together. Uh (laughs) I am put together just not all the time um I don't know we kind of like lost out on that phase of life where we could just be like calm cool and collected about things so I'm trying to like teach myself how to do that same Ah, okay. Well, I got Light Activation, Sanat Kamara, mm-hmm. which is Shine Your Light. Your Internal Guidance is coming through loud and clear. So oh. you don't I want to read the book because I really love this book. Uh, Keepers of the Light Oracle Cards by Lily Moses. Really great. I I recommend this to anybody who's like interested in spiritual guidance and... Um, you know, I talked in the last episode, like, we're, again, recording on Easter Sunday, so I do cards, but I also, like, will go to church with Paul's family, and I really enjoy that, too, and, you know, I I loved our time as, like, being Doug Lutheran when we were kids and Pastor Overcash at Prince of Peace, and, you know, I just love it all, and I don't know if that makes me, like, an anomaly in the spiritual side of, like, card pullers, but, like, I don't mind going to church, and I do really love, um, In cards, like I want both because I can have both.
0: Yes, you can. Hi.
1: Anywho, um, let's see. So, Sanat Kamara, which means eternal youth. How interesting! Because I need to like work on my childhood stuff. is an advanced cosmic light being who is dedicated to helping the earth rise up towards the light he is as far as I'm concerned the leader of the keepers of the light he has been acknowledged as the god in Hinduism and oh god I'm gonna butcher this ready guys Uh, and in the Mahabharata story which has come down from heaven bearing God's divine plan In more recent times he's been acknowledged as coming from Venus and bringing through unconditional love. He has eyes that are made of the cosmos with the ability to penetrate the soul and activate activate its brightest light yet. He can seem otherworldly because of his looks are beyond human. He is the being of light shining, and uh, with the purest intentions, he is the twin flame of Lady Venus. And together they activate the heart and light of those who welcome their help so that they can shine brighter than ever. Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had chorus, Cosmic Gateway. Um, your thoughts are magnetic and powerful. Miraculous changes are occurring.
0: Nice. And
1: so it'd be like that. I enjoy it. I love this. I I am so interested to like know my guides more. Like anytime I go see Chelsea, I'm like, is anybody here?
0: Yeah, it is exciting. Is it my turn? It's your turn. All right, let's see what a goddess Oh. I love those goddess cards. Two of them.
1: Oh, a twofer. Two for one special. There's That's, that's what a twofer means.
0: Sophia. Divine wisdom and gula, maybe? Healing. You
1: got the gabagula? <laughs> ga- yeah, I got the gabagula.
0: No, not gabagula, just gula. <laughs> All right, Sophia. Divine wisdom. Human wisdom comes from personal experience. Wow. But divine wisdom comes in... I'm sorry. But divine wisdom is unknown to our life experience. When we ask for help, we're asking for guidance from a source greater than us a great unknowable mystery. When we receive it, it is often life altering. Yeah. And affects Mm -hmm. us in ways beyond our comprehension. Goddess Sophia who brought the material world into being arrives to show you how fate and destiny operate in relationship to synchronicity. When you least expect it, opportunities and meetings spring up out of nowhere. Your life begins to work out and your sense of alignment with a higher purpose and power. And you sense alignment with a higher purpose and power. Trust that you are divinely protected and directed. Practice the act of faith before results. This is an essential key to co-creating in your world, which is, you know, giving up control. Alignment message. When you are disconnected from your higher power, you begin to believe that you are alone, that you alone are the source of abundance in your life. It is wise to commit to a conscious and deliberate deliberate daily connection to a higher power When you forget to do this you may place too much attention on materialism work money goals and the like when goddess sophia reminds you that it's the spiritual aspect and the invisible aspect the essence of your desires that means more than the form you may be mistaking something for false divine guidance right now it's time to come back into alignment and receive true divine guidance divested from wishful thinking or ego attachments opening to the wisdom of mystery of the mystery of the universe, is your alignment task now. Let goddess Sophia guide you to your magic. The most meaningful and beautiful expression of yourself is waiting for you. Wow!
1: Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> and then Gula.
1: Gabagula. Gab- I am Gabagula. Gabagula. I am Tony Soprano. Let me just tell you all. I have the white robe and everything.
0: Gula. Gabagula the babe. The baby, the Babylonian goddess of medicine and healing has come to guide you as a blessing for your and for your well-being. You're being invited to address the areas of your life that need healing. Hmm. Perhaps you have moved so quickly. Are you listening? Perhaps you have moved so quickly through your life that you've forgotten about self-care. Perhaps the stories you've told yourself about who you are need healing. We don't always see that we are hurting ourselves or others. Take heart for Gabagula comes into your world as your ally. (laughs) Saving saying now is the time is the most auspicious time to focus on healing in all aspects of your life. Only good things will come from your actions here. In fact, now is the perfect time where you can be assured that you can heal rifts with others as well. Hmm. Be well, sincere. It's
1: bad that I picture Gabagula as like a salami with a bow with like an Italian bow on her forehead. And she's just on my shoulder right now.
0: You know what? I'm not even going to show you. Cause she can be whatever you want her to be.
1: <laughs> she's my little salami. <laughs> Be
0: sincere and call upon Gabagula for this precious commitment. You must also, you may also be called. Ooh, you may also be called to the path of the healer now. If so, the goddess Gabagula supports you wholeheartedly. You just need to be willing, respect others, and do no harm. Miracles will arise as if out of nowhere. The alignment message, Gabagula calls you to recognize that you're running on empty. Hmm. You have nothing left to give. You have nothing left to give. You have reached the end of a road and you must stop what you're doing and consider the implications of your actions. Oh, God. Do you need to set boundaries around your enthusiastic tendency to say yes to everything? Oh, Gula. Gabagula calling you out.
1: Gabagula, oh, stop calling me out.
0: Have you allowed others to drain you because you feel it's your job to listen, love them, and fix them? Oh, God. This, this is a lot. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't You can for stop
1: reading now. I get it. Do no, it's re- okay. Keep reading. <laughs> I was triggered a little bit
0: I'm back. Do your close companions cling to their victim stories and continue to impose them on you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, don't put my ugly laugh in this podcast.
0: That was, that was me for a while to you. Um, your alignment okay. task is to step back and assess what is true and make new choices and maybe put yourself first. You will be glad maybe. that you did. Just remember, it is sometimes the healing choice to take a break and only focus on you for a change. I think that might have been both for both of us, but especially yeah, no, you,
1: Gabagula. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, I want to pull a um a sacred destiny one too. Is that cool?
1: Yeah, do it. Are <laughs> <Pretty> upset? <laughs> no, I just have little Gabagula right here on my shoulder. Are you looking at me? Can you see me? She's right here.
0: Yeah,
1: I can feel her. I can uh, feed her. I can feel her. What? What?
0: Okay, so we didn't record this part, but um, in between recording episodes, I pulled a second card for myself, and it was trust, and that one just came out for you, but also diligence. So trust was, and I'm going to read it because this was powerful, and literally, this is a powerful and important card to receive. Even when things seem parched or not fruitful, a deeper energy speaks of the power of your inner knowing. Meditate, trust those nudges from the universe. Your celestial advisors are close now. You are now open to receive some of the most important messages of your life through your intuition. Your intuition is spot on. So trust it. And even if there are some areas of your life that seem lackluster, know that other areas are being fertilized for a resplendent future. Have faith and know that there is a higher purpose. And then diligence. I'm
1: not going to lie. When you read the trust one, I was like, oh, but I kind of zoned out a little bit. And I think that's the universe saying, like, listen to this message.
0: It was for you, too. Thank you. Diligence. There are times in life to step forward and take risks, but there are other times to be patient. Step carefully and slowly and know that the benefit you will gain in the future will be worth it. Be attentive, meticulous, and persistent. Use this time to plan for action steps in the future. Be diligent and consistent at at each step as you move forward. By doing so, you will harvest remarkable results for years ahead. This is not the time for instant gratification. Your diligence will pay off in the future tenfold. This is the time for deliberate organization. Clean house. (laughs) Clear clutter out of your life. Be thoughtful about how you spend your time and be discerning when choosing with whom to spend it. Clear out relationships that do not support you.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm
0: going to stop attacking you now.
1: And that's kind of how it feels to be out of the woo closet in a nutshell. You feel Sometimes, really great. I left that Go ahead. I said I left that I left that one reading with Chelsea and you had you got the henna and and you were like, So how'd it go? And I was like, Well Chelsea just told me I was a badass, so I feel great and you're like, just wait. <laughs> I was like I was like, Could you not rain on my parade? And then it was like what the week after <laughs> and I was like I texted her and I was like, I hate you.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I my bad. I shouldn't have done that. But that's how like this whole it's not just with the cards, it's, it's, but just this whole spiritual experience, sometimes it's magical and you're seeing like 11 and like 333, and you're like, wow, everything's great. And like a butterfly flies in front of you, and you're like, Yes, transformation. I love it. And then sometimes you pull cards like this that just, you know, gabagula slap, slap you in the face. So
1: Gabagula wanted me to know what was up. Well, and even if you're not woo like us, like that's just that's what you do when you take a journey with yourself and try to align yourself. Like you are gonna have ebbs and flows. Like this podcast isn't just like woo-woo. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of woo-woo, but even if you're not, like I hope that you listen to our messages and our experiences and um because it is, it's like a, it's like the dragon roller coaster in Ocean City that only Amanda and I understand that reference. But it just goes kind of, it just has like little humps that are like little ups and downs, and you just go around in the circle of life, and and yeah, yeah.
0: All right, well, this has been episode three.
1: Can I ask your honest feedback though, while we're still on? Yes. Was I a scatterbrained mofo, or was it all right?
0: No, I think it's good.
1: Oh, good. All right. You guys can give us feedback too.
0: Yes. (laughs) You don't have to ask. We'll just. Uh,
1: That was my imposter syndrome coming out by the way.
0: Yeah. We'll have an episode on that. So anyway. This has been episode three. Um, The next episode is going to be about therapy. So stay tuned for that. Brain
1: shrinking in the
0: house. Wow. So (laughs) as usual. Shout out to Jess Walker for our cover art. Her stuff is in the show notes. Uh, she does channeled art. She does um, tarot and oracle readings. Doug Halliday did our intro music. His stuff is going to be in the show notes too. And we will also tag Melanie, Chelsea, Ascension, because yes. they're important to all of this too. So,
1: Entry, uh, because that was amazing. Um,
0: yeah. So we'll tag all those ladies. And uh, yeah. This has been episode three of It Is What It Is. We'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye.